with so much pride that he was the first Mexican-American elected to the U.S. House of Representatives from this state. But the victory and the win wasn't about him. His success was really that of our community. It was their win. It was our win. It was our children's win. Welcome to the Gaggle Podcast, where we bring you alongside reporters to talk Arizona politics. I'm Yvonne Winget Sanchez, a national political reporter at the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com. And I'm Ron Hansen. I cover the congressional delegation. Former Congressman Ed Pastor passed away last week on November 27th. The 75-year-old suffered a heart attack overnight. He leaves behind his wife, Verma Pastor, and two daughters, Yvonne and Laura. He also leaves behind four grandchildren. Ed Pastor served Arizona in the U.S. congressional delegation for 23 years. He earned the reputation of working behind the scenes to direct federal money to local projects. Of course, one man's public works is another man's pork barrel spending. He brought a lot of money home to Arizona for various projects across the state. This was a practice that some members of Arizona's delegation fundamentally disagreed with. Days after his passing, we spoke with the late congressman's close friend about his life. My name is uh, Ronnie Lopez. Uh, I have been for 23 years while Congressman Epasova's office. I was his finance chairman of his campaign. We grew up together in in Miami, Arizona, uh, and worked on many efforts and many causes together. Uh, And I'm just speaking on his untimely uh, passing. He had a great sense of humor. He was was very smart. He he, he loved music. Not extremely large man in stature, probably around six foot, six one. Had a gentle smile. Had large hands. Working hands. What I see is hands that just remind me of those are hands of our people who, who labored in the fields, who worked in the copper mines. But those hands that were given to him took him to college, to the people's house. I think what Congressman Pastor's friends and family most want is for people to remember his legacy and the long-lasting impacts his service had on Arizona. Yeah. Many people probably don't realize when they're driving around town just how much exists because of Congressman Pastor's work in Washington and the funding he secured for our state. Getting power is one thing. How you handle power is far more important because if you handle it as a man that he was, then you can get reelected. It wasn't about him. It was about constituent services. It was about getting somebody's mother into that home, getting a veteran their benefit, uh, building up. Kids were being run over here on 35th Avenue, right near Carl Hayden High School. 
He got money from the U.S. Congress and built a bridge so kids, little kids wouldn't get run over. If you look at light rail, light rail is because he sat on the powerful appropriations committee. Uh, Rio Salado, Tres Rios, Tempe Lake. You look at the, the, um, the, the airport, the tower, probably one of the most four tallest towers in technology advanced in the world it's because of Congressman Ed Pastor. You know, the people who talk about Ed Pastor tend to get pretty emotional. And I think that speaks to the impact that he had, not just on projects and kind of the tangible things that we see around the city today, but also to the friendships and the mentoring of young people that he did over the years. Ron and I spent some time talking with people who were touched by those friendships. And they all had uh, really emotional stories to share about uh, conversations that they had from him. Um, No matter how remarkable they might have been, they clearly stayed with these individuals. Yeah, he clearly forged some pretty strong ties with a lot of people in the community and statewide, really. Sitting there in Ronnie's kitchen with him and his wife, it was touching. He had a lot to say about the story of his close friend who had touched so many lives. Our brothers, our uncles, our fathers, our grandparents worked in the copper mines. And every three years, the contract would come up and you would go on strike. And it was a great commitment because you, you risked everything. But you had to do it because those that went before us sacrificed so we had safety in the mines, so we could have a better wage, so that Mexican-Americans could be formers and foremans and assistants, electricians and journeymen. But it taught us the numbers, that in numbers their strength, that in commitment there's courage, and that one holds back to the community. We owe to those who had the struggle before us, and we owe to those who come behind us. We owe to those who um, have no voice. The big guy believed that in our ethnic community, of Mexican-Americans, that we should be the architects of our own community, that we should be the masters of our own destinies. We understood that there are two kinds of power. There's economic power uh, that takes a long time to get. You either marry it, inherit it, or do it the old-fashioned way, earn it, which takes a little bit of time. Political power is a mathematical number. If you live in a school district and 51% happen to be of Mexican-American descent and you're the largest voting population, leads one to believe that you ought to have representation. We didn't. So we started organizing voter registration, getting people to run for office. The county board of supervisor expanded. They went to five and created a district where we believed a Democrat could win. 
Uh, and Jordi Lopez ran for that office, and we won. And that had to be in the early 70s. And to this day, that office is held. Uh, that district is held by a Democrat and a Mexican. And it was with so much pride that he was the first Mexican-American elected to U.S. House of Representatives from this state. But the victory and the win wasn't about him. The day that Speaker Foley raised his hand, Verma holding the Bible, the congressman taking the oath of office. We were sitting in the Capitol there, and a few seats away from me was the congressman's father and mother. If the congressman's dad would have had the opportunity that his father gave him, his father would have been the congressman. So his success was really that of his father and his mother. His success was really that of our community, of a group of people who came one day to our campaign headquarters and brought me a brown bag, and inside the brown bag there was a yellow piece of legal paper. And I think the sum total was $124.32, and it had Juan Gonzalez, $3.22. Maria Costa, $10. That was a check from Circle K. It was their win. It was our win. It was our children's win. So you, as, as uh, a, a colleague and a friend, a best friend of the congressman, you had a very rare front row seat to private discussions and meetings, and you got to watch him wield that power. How did he do it? Was it with humor? Was it with... Uh, he understood... He understood that there was always another vote. He understood if he was one of the voices in the street that was yelling and demanding, he'd never be at the table to be a negotiator. He was a man who understood and appreciated the art of compromise, and that in compromise, that doesn't mean shame, and it doesn't mean that you're weak. He understood that we can differ on many issues that divide us, but there's many more that bring us together. And people say that all the time, but they don't believe it. Uh, there was diversity that came through compromise. Uh, Senator Flake, uh, when he was in Congress, uh, had strong opinions on earmark, but he respected Congressman Pastor's ability to bring uh, as one would say, the bacon home. Uh, the congressman always felt that if we didn't participate in the game, 
that money didn't go back to the general fund. It would go to another state. And you can see many things that were, the good things that were done, schools were built, streets were built, highways, uh, those kinds of projects. And it was only because of, of his ability. And he helped. Uh, to the big guy, it really didn't matter if you're Republican or Independent or Democrat or if you're rich or poor. Uh, it didn't matter. If your cause had merit, he was there. The other night, the other night I lost my friend. But the state of Arizona lost a treasure. And on this one issue, I do speak on behalf of the Pasod family and the congressman's friends. I thank Governor Ducey, a Republican, who ordered flags to be flown at half-staff in honor, my friend, and respect to his family. That was a very decent and a very classy thing to do. And for that, we are very grateful. Congressman Ed Pastor, my friend, personified the American dream. There's a lot of things being said today about immigrants and migrants and closing the doors and building walls. That's not, that's not the debate for today. But Ed Pastor, the son of Mexican-American parents, first generation to go to Congress, from a copper mining town, his father and his mother with limited education, but a strong work ethic, graduated from high school, was in student government, went to ASU, undergrad work, became a lawyer, a law degree, and ended up in the House of Representatives. That personifies what the Statue of Liberty is all about. That's the beacon of hope that this country has been historically for the world. That's why so many people flock here. This is the only place, the only place in the world that a rich man or a poor man, or, and when I say man, I use it in a, in a genetic sense, meaning woman, can aspire. He had his flaws. I, I'm not, I don't want him to be greater in death than he was in life. He was just a good guy. He was a good guy who happened to be a U.S. congressman. He was a good guy, happened to be Mexican-American. He was a good guy who happened to be my friend. And I'll miss my friend. As we say, Como siempre, hablaremos mañana. Like always, we'll talk tomorrow. My friend, Congressman Ed Pastor. That's it for the gaggle. Please follow our coverage of the late Congressman's services as he celebrated throughout the week. You can follow our other political coverage on azcentral.com. If you have questions or comments, reach out to us on Twitter. I'm at Ronald J. Hansen, and that's H-A-N-S-E-N. And I'm on Twitter at Yvonne Winget. This episode was edited and produced by Taylor Seeley. 
Taya Francesca Price, and Kayla White. Thanks again. We'll see you next week.